Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Great to be here on a day where the Dodgers face elimination tonight, the Red Sox face it tomorrow, the Dolphins and Texans continue in their reported trade talks, and the depleted, heavily depleted Browns face the Broncos tonight. What is the Vegas lead? Let's start there with Thursday Night Football, but specifically, and one of my favorite times to do this show is when something befuddles me confuses me almost like i'm hypnotized i go what's going on i don't know how in the heck the browns are favored so what i like to do when that's the case is do almost like i don't know did you ever watch quincy no all right so quincy was a show that was in syndication when i was a kid so i already played but he was a medical examiner right and what Quincy would do is show up on the scene and figure out, hey, there was a murder here. No one else sees it, but because of his eyeball has a little bit of blood in it, it's a sign he was strangled, like that kind of thing. Though it was pretty famous once that Kramer on Seinfeld, he was dating a girl from uptown, or da- I'm sorry, from downtown. So, you know, they're in Midtown, New York. So a girl like in the village. And he was watching Quincy. He goes, can you believe she's watching Quincy and I'm watching Quincy? It's at the same time. You know, she's like three miles away. But for him, it was, you know. (laughs) But anyway, Quincy used to be a guy that figured out from the clues what was going on. I want to be like Quincy today and figure out how in the heck are the Browns favored. Well, the Denver Broncos, three and three Denver Broncos, plus one and a half at the three and three Cleveland Browns tonight on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, so if the underdog and the other team is plus one and a half, that means the Browns are favored by one and a half. How is that? Now, why am I so questioning that? Well, my first question is, well, Baker Mayfield's out. Now, how much is Baker Mayfield worth? And we talked about that at length yesterday, and we came to the conclusion, yeah, you know, maybe four points or so. Uh, Fezzik's rankings are right here, and he's got the drop-off from Baker to Case Keenum is three points. Okay. And, again, the whole point of having ratings from a professional like Fezzik or anyone is to say, okay, I've got my opinion. How's that opinion compared to the market? And... You could make the case that it's impossible to ever know exactly what percentage of a move is because of the main story. So let's say that a game goes from six to one and a half or so. Uh, You could say, okay, well, the math says that's four and a half. That must be Baker Mayfield's effect. But now you're like, but in that interim time, there was this left tackle that was out or wide receiver that was out or whatever. So it's hard to know for sure. I, I think three is, is, is too few. I would say four feels right, but let's call it between three and four. Okay, that's just Baker Mayfield. So if everything else was normal, whatever the line would have been, the line would be three to four points Worse for the Browns because they lack their starting quarterback. So just to get a feel of what the line would have been, McKenzie, the opening, uh, let's say what the look-ahead number is. Now, the look-ahead is a week before. So right now, we're entering week seven. The look-ahead for week eight 
is available. So really what's nice about the look ahead is it tells us that if there's not any changes, this is what we expect. In fact, you can bet the line. This is a bettable line. Now, what changes between the weeks? Well, it's the games that happen that weekend. So if a team looks really good, a team looks really bad, the look ahead might be like uh, adjust by two points or something. And then you're like, okay, the market now thinks because we saw a good-looking team, you know, and you could just say, think about the best performances you've seen of the year. Uh, the Bills when they beat Kansas City. Like, the look-ahead line would have moved in favor of the Bills because, hey, they look so good. So as of last week, what was the line in this game? McKenzie. Okay. You know what you might want to check? Remember at the end of the podcast, I turned off his mic. He might still have it off. So maybe walk around and check that out. Uh, do you have that look ahead in front of you there, uh, AJ? The Browns were favored by six for the look ahead. Okay. So the Browns favored by six. That's what I recalled. And now the line is one and a half. So at that point, we're saying, hey, a four and a half point move. Now the question becomes, what else has happened what else has happened since then? And it's like, okay, well, there's a tackle who was out for the Browns for sure, and one tackle that's a game-time decision. Is that uh, the current status as you see it, That is the current status I've seen. All right. Now, how much do we want the tackles to be worth? I mean, I think certainly when there's two banged up, it's it. There's something about being compacted because not I agree. Having, there's uh, a so compounding effect. Yes. And the reason being on the offensive line, when you have one weakness, what you can typically do is compensate for it. I right? put the tight end over there, put a running back over there to chip. Whatever it is, it's like they get help, right? But if you both tackles are out in theory, and we're not sure about both, but in theory, now how do you compensate? You got, you know, it's like if you're plugging up a leak and you've got two hands, well, maybe you can plug two holes, but I don't think that third hole is going to be a problem. Okay, so one, uh, and what the name of those tackles, AJ, you got that in front of you? Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills. And which one is, is supposed to maybe play? Uh, the the one that's maybe supposed to play is, is Jedrick Wills. Jack Conklin, D- DNP in practice all week. Okay. So, let's call it... He's still just, listed as questionable, but DNP all week makes me think that he's, he's not playing tonight. He's listed as questionable, though. Okay, wow. Because usually questionable means uh, like over 50% to play. So, so, both tackles are questionable. Yes. All right. So now that's a big question mark. Now here's what you you know for sure is when they announce the ineligibles for a game is if you're on that list, you can't play. Right. If you're not on that list, chances are you're playing because there's nothing that they're going to find out about a you know, you always think game time decision, but it's not really they go on the field, test the ankle, and decide if they can play. They can test it just as easily two hours before the game. The fact that they have to know, to a team has to know, to define or name their ineligibles, they only got so many on the roster that can play, and they're not going to have someone that's not going to play on that list taking away the spot from someone else. So... so- 
Go ahead. The, the the most updated release, and again, this is from the Cleveland Browns, so it, they they may have reason to lie about this, especially given how many injuries they have. The only players that they list for sure out that aren't already on the IR, a la Kareem Hunt, are Baker Mayfield, AJ Green, Nick Chubb. They list them as out. Everybody, everyone else Green is questionable. AJ Green got traded from Arizona? AJ Green, the, uh, the cornerback. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Okay, now, <laughs> now here's the question. Is at a certain point, and, and if, I'm, if I recall, this is usually about 45 minutes before kickoff, but they have the ineligibles released. Yes. So... Uh, one thing I would say right now is I don't think you can bet this game until you hear the ineligibles. Because if both tackles are out, for example, then it's no way in heck could the Browns be favored. And if both tackles are playing, ooh, now things are getting interesting. So let's agree that we're going to talk here from the whole questionable, probable, doubtful model, but we're going to know pretty much for sure about 45 minutes before the game. Okay, now, wide receiver. Landry's been out for weeks and weeks and weeks, but he's due back. Now, should we assume, AJ, that Landry's 100%? I think yes. I don't think they, so they could have acted. So in a week, he's going to go from unable to play to 100%. Well, he was on IR. I don't know that he'll be 100%, but I think he'll be on on par with everyone else on the field because nobody's 100% six weeks into the season. Okay. But remember, when they put people on IR, it's because they only put them on IR as long as they think they're going to be injured for, and usually they always get them off a week or two early. And, and this year, there's a lot of um, – uh, flexibility when it comes to IR, right? There's, there's right. like I think three different designations. And Jarvis Landry was eligible to come off the IR last week. They kept him on it, and then so he doesn't came off that make week. my case? If he's eligible to come off the IR and doesn't come off it, it means he wasn't even viable to even consider playing. Maybe so. If I mean, I, I know there's all my questions could be one way or the other. I'm asking you as an expert what you think is if someone could be taken off the IR and they're not taken off the IR, that means they don't think, hey, there's no chance this guy's going to play. So we might as well keep someone else able on the roster. Or they feel like they're that's not a position that they need someone at immediately. and they, So their best receiver they don't need. Oh, maybe. Then I guess you're right. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. So, RJ, let's take a look at the other side of this. Uh, on the Broncos side, why could there possibly be pushback? Why would this Broncos team not be favored, given what we know about the Cleveland Browns injury situation? Yeah, so to recap the injuries, obviously Baker out. Their center, questionable. One of their tackles, questionable. One of their tackles, likely out. Wide receiver Landry back for the first time, so recovering from injury. And that's an important point to remember. Injuries are not a binary. So what's a binary? A zero or a one in computer language. So someone either shows up to work or they don't show up to work. That's a binary. Now, 
is that all there is? Do some people show up to work and maybe not deliver fully? Yeah. But are they there? Yeah. But some of that, maybe that's a choice. Maybe that's uh, some type of personality defect. Who knows what it is? Or what it could be is someone's not feeling well. They ate something weird last night, whatever it is. So in general, in the NFL, if a guy plays, you could say, oh, yeah, the tackle played that game. Well, how well did he play? How, what potential was he to uh, 100%? How close to that potential was he able to reach? I can think it's uh, Aaron Donald last year in the, their last playoff game. I think it was against Green Bay, if I remember. It, everyone's like, oh, he's hurt, but he's just fine. And it's like he played and he did not look like the dominating D tackle that he typically is. Kyler Murray. Uh, say it again. Kyler Murray, when oh. he was unable to run last year. Great example. Because there's an example with quarterbacks especially, and Kyler may be in that situation now where they get banged up, they're running quarterbacks, and it's not that they can't run necessarily, it's they're unwilling to run because they know they're hurt, and if they get hit again, maybe the injury gets worse, maybe they don't want to feel the pain, whatever it is, and, and I think it's something to look at with Arizona generally this week, it's not just a zero or a one, either don't play or play when it comes to NFL or any sport, really, players. Okay, so I look at uh, Landry Jones, and I'm thinking, uh, or <laughs> that's a bad flashback there. But it's a, situa- it's a situation where you can say, hey, he's back. Is he 100%? We just don't know. Okay, and then... OBJ. Now, he played last week. AJ says, hey, I know someone in the league. And and characterize how that was conveyed to you about OBJ's prospects for tonight. It's highly unlikely OBJ will play. The injury is more serious than the Browns are letting on, and he would not be surprised if OBJ ended up on the IR. Wow. So, to IR, which minimum is three weeks, right? You're right. Okay, so pretty good inside information there from AJ. And again, that's not a sure thing. It's not coming from a doctor, coming from someone connected to the league, but still very, very insightful. I've never seen, and obviously both running backs out. So as we said, there's only, I guess, two players now that either weren't on the injury report this week that are and it's the two guards. Every other player on offense for the Browns is either coming back for the first time or is out or is questionable. And I mean, wow. Wow. I've never seen it like that. But and, some- and often often when you've got a team like the Browns who are a power running team, you think, Oh, well, you can just plug a running back in like the old Shanahan Broncos. Like it didn't really matter who was the running back, they were gonna get theirs. This D Ernest Johnson in in the combine, he ran a four eight six forty. This is not a a slight drop off from Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. This is a massive drop off from those two guys. What round did he go in? Uh, I believe he's an undrafted free agent. Wow. So, in a weird way, if I said, imagine the worst team. Does anyone think that there's any team in the league that their second team? is better than the worst team's first team. So let's say right now, uh, we can say Houston, right? We can debate who's the worst team, but let's say Houston is. 
is if Houston had a healthy first team on offense, how much better are they than the second team of the best team? And and you could make the case the Browns are the deepest team in the league. Well, as far as talent goes, I, I think you can make that case. So you think that the, the Browns' second team is comparable in talent to the Houston Texans' first team if everyone's healthy? Only because this Texans team is historically void of talent right now. And, and but like, are they well, historically you know what? Void if you talk about Tyrod Taylor, like a healthy Tyrod Taylor, no, I, I would I would take the Texans. Okay, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is if, if I, the Texans I, I were 100 healthy? Yeah, I'd forgotten that he'd been out of the mix for a while. I was just thinking with Davis Mills. So yes, Tyrod Taylor, it, it, the Texans would be significantly better. Although I don't know if Tyrod Taylor is way better than Case Keenum at this point. He yeah, did have two excellent games to start the season with he 80 did. plus QBR. Was leading the league before he went out with a pretty bad roster around him. Yeah, but but I mean, name the wide receivers on the Texans. Yeah. Brandon Cooks. <laughs> well, that's what Brandon, I'm Cooks. Brand, Brandon Cooks is in another universe compared to the third string receiver for the Browns. Right. So the point that I'm making here is that I don't understand how any team, because like you're saying, oh, you know, it's like the old Denver Broncos that you could. Uh, plug someone in at running back, they'd be fine. Cause, but why? Because the offensive line was so right. good. Because Elway was so good. It's like now you look at it and say, well, what could be the compensating factor? It, there is none if it's a whole second string. And I know it's not a whole second string. I know we got two guards. I know there's a chance, or Landry's supposed to play, but he hasn't played for a month, so who knows how good he's going to be. And it strikes me, how much better is a Landry to a um, uh, if Landry is at 80%, and I'm not saying I know he is, but let's say he is. If Landry's at 80%, how much better is he than a bad first stringer on another team? Meaning, let's say, an, you know, uh, almost replacement level. I don't think there's much difference. That's the thing we forget. Oftentimes in the NFL, when there's not cluster injuries, that means that all that's happening is there's one player that's not a starter that's starting at one position. We make a big deal about it if it's a big name being replaced, but oftentimes that's, that next player is like, you know, he's almost as good. In the NFL, there's usually hairs between first and second string, and if it, especially if you have like a linebacker that could fill in, in two different positions now, or like a swing tackle that can play both tackles, could play guard. You have one lineman out; it's no big deal. But when your first string ends up being all the second string, and now your backups are the guys that were on the couch two weeks ago, it's like Lordy B. How bad? How could any team be better than or, or worse than them? How could that, that backup team? And we see it in the playoffs sometimes, right? Is when Houston played Green Bay, and we had fun with this game. But effectively, what was it? It was Houston's first team playing against Green Bay's second team. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. And and. and playoffs you meant preseason right yeah 
Oh, I said playoffs. Yeah, Houston hasn't played in the playoffs for a while, but no, I guess, and certainly not against Green Bay. So in the preseason, we had fun with that game because you were against the Texans. And again, I was right in that case. But again, it's uh, it was not why I'm bringing it up. I'm bringing it up because <laughs> that's just coincidental. But I'm bringing it up because it was an example of a first string because Houston played their first stringers pretty late against the second string because Green Bay hardly played any starters. And you know what? Houston dominated them. Now, I don't think that's going to be every time, but in general, I don't think there's any second team. I mean, think about the NBA. What second team could possibly play against a first team? I don't think there's any, right? Probably not. And isn't that effectively what the Browns are putting on the field right now? A pretty much an entire second string team, except they've got some first stringers that are banged up. So how much better are they than the second string? Probably not much. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Okay, so the Dodgers face elimination tonight. And what are their chances of being eliminated tonight? Right around 50-50. What's their chances of being eliminated before they advance? 17%. So, in a way, I'm rooting for them because they've had two... Or three, I guess, losing your out games, and this is going to be a fourth and fifth. And if somehow they're able to win here, it'll be like a team of destiny. And I know typically we don't think like that when it comes to a favorite, but right now the Dodgers are not the favorite. Stay tuned.